0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Brian from the Herfcast here. And as you can tell from the title, this is not a cigar-related episode. It is another race relations episode with a dude I randomly found on uh, Facebook. He commented on a mutual friend's Facebook post. uh, Thanks, Paul Newman, for uh, the random occurrence. But anyway, uh, Daniel caught my eye with uh, his reply, and I asked him if he wanted to talk. And he agreed. So here we are. This is our conversation. Um, Daniel is a big part of the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, He's down in Tampa, and we talk about that. And, you know, we get into that side of the goings-ons that's uh, happening right now in the U.S. And I asked him some some questions. We do some lighthearted stuff and then some serious stuff. We kind of bounce back and forth. I hope you guys take a listen to this and listen with an open mind. And I think we had a really good conversation. It flowed really well. Uh, we did have a tornado break. Uh, I had a tornado warning here, and we had to break for about 20 minutes or so. And, um, you know, but we, we picked up where we left off. So uh, don't forget to check out my website, theherfcast.com. There you could find the store, links to my Patreon, links to all of the social media and whatnot. And you could also email me, brian at theherfcast.com. Also, check out stogiebird.com if you are looking for a Cigar of the Month Club or just random cigars to purchase. Um, That is Sam Lasia's website and his program, Stogiebird. It is stogiebird.com. And if you go there and you use the coupon code HERFCAST, you will save $5 off of your order. So, check that out. Get cigars delivered right to your door. Um... Yeah, I think that's about it. We'll uh, just go ahead and get into this conversation. Thanks. I almost forgot. I've already got another episode recorded, and I've got to do a little editing on that, and I'll post it up in a few days. But that is with Lou Liga from Stateline Tobacco out in Delaware. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, Hashtag I hate Lou Liga. Um, Lou Liga, it was a good conversation. Um, Be on the lookout for it. Now, I'm smoking a... Protocol, CIA, it's a Toro, um, fitting enough for the the conversation that we are going to have. It, it's, a, it's a cigar company that was started by a police officer in either New Jersey or New York. Um, but I uh, figured we'd be having a conversation along those lines, so I'd, I'd smoke this one. I got it in my Stogie Bird uh, Cigar of the Month. <laughs> Last month, and um, you know, I was trying to think of what I was going to smoke tonight while talking to you, and mm-hmm. it's like, uh, I guess I'll go with the protocol. So, okay. um, since protocols are probably going to be a topic that we discuss,
1: so hey, I'm all <laughs> I'm for it.
0: So, uh, my guest today is uh, Daniel Smith Jr., and you are a current resident of Tampa, correct. Tampa, Florida. Yes, sir. Tampa, Florida. Um, and so you were, you are fr- originally from the Chicago area or yep, no? South side.
1: South Born side. Or so I moved to Florida in 2008.
0: All right. I've got a cousin or two in Tampa. I know at least one, I'm not sure if the, the other still lives there or not, but, uh, okay.
1: cool.
0: um, so, uh, from what I gathered from, well, first of all, uh, We ended up getting hooked up. Uh I asked you if you'd be interested in coming on the show. Mm -hmm. Um you you replied to a comment on a mutual friends post and you mentioned, you know, follow me and you know, I could, you know, teach you some things, this and that, and that caught my eye because, well, I like talking to everybody and uh I I do delve into the race relations from time to time. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I'm pretty ignorant to such topics and I'm trying to learn more about it, uh, trying to see the other side, if you will. Uh, so you caught my attention. And so I asked him if you, if, if you had any interest in cigars, but you're asthmatic and you don't smoke anything, (laughs) but that doesn't matter. Uh, I still wanted to talk to you and
1: I appreciate it, friend. Yeah.
0: So apparently you've known, uh, paul for 30 years and you know that's the that's the uh, profile that that I seen you on. uh gathering from your profile uh you are a dancer I am for I'm. for norwegian cruise lines
1: well that's my current employer well was before the pandemic
0: yeah so the 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 past couple of months have just been brutal i could only brutal. imagine so um yeah. so I guess first, like what's what's cruise life like working on the cruise line? Ah.
1: Well, it's different for everybody. Uh for myself, it's just like another gig for me. I mean, I'm the type of person that I don't like to be caged in anyway. I can't sit in one place for so far too long, so I keep myself busy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't imagine that's the right place for you then.
1: Hey, I'll tell you this, man. As far as being a, um, I guess, a crew member on a cruise ship and in entertainment, where you don't have a whole lot of responsibilities, you kind of gotta be creative when you're somebody like me who can't sit for a long time. So what I've been doing, I've been kind of building my own little profile on the cruise lines. I've been teaching dance classes, creating other shows, getting to know uh, other guests, you know, trying to network and things like that. That way, once I get off the cruise ship, I have another avenue to go to like right now I'm building my show trying to become a guest entertainer. So once I do that, then I can jump from cruise line to cruise line. I don't have to just stay on one ship. Okay. Twice as much money as I'm making now. So,
0: so I've only been on one cruise Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, heard stories of, um, you know, how, how crazy the, uh, the team member atmosphere could be and, uh, the, the, the parties and, uh, this and that that could be going on below deck, uh, while you guys are not working. Um, how much truth is there to that?
1: Without giving away too much. There's, there's a lot of truth to that. But again, it all depends on who you are. Some people like to stay in their cabins. Other people likes to roam the uh, corridors at night.
0: Yeah. So So do you get sick of the food? Uh, Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like Groundhog's Day, man. It's yeah. one day you know what you're going to have, Tuesday, and so on. I,
0: I could imagine. So when you guys are in port, would you stay on the ship or would you?
1: Oh, like no, we help? always get off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's our time to, like, stretch our legs and breathe. Yeah. You know?
0: So now were you doing, like, I, I know you mentioned that you started kind of branching off and uh, instructing. Were you instructing on the ship or were you doing that off the boat? On the ship. On the ship? So. Yeah. I, yeah. Before that, were you, was it pretty much just uh, like one performance a day or was it two?
1: No, my, every contract is different. I'm part of the, we call it the book show. But what it is, is um, they buy Broadway shows. And then they bring the Broadway choreographers, directors on to teach the show to the cast members. And when you're a book show, you kind of like at a higher status than a normal cruise ship show. So I would work two days out the week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Two shows, both nights. And that was pretty much it for me. So that's a lot of downtime.
0: Yeah. That's uh, I mean, most cruises are at least five days, right?
1: Yeah. Five days at the minimum. Yeah. Up to 14.
0: Oh, geez. So where's, uh, where, what's the farthest cruise that you've, uh, you've been on?
1: Uh I've been cruising since 2016, but I have pretty much just been in the Caribbean. Okay. This actually this current contract that I'm supposed to be on right now, we're supposed to be up in Europe, up near Russia. Oh wow. Yeah.
0: So like, like out, out of out of Tampa sailing to Europe?
1: Uh we're gonna start here and then we're gonna take that trip all the way up there. Yeah. Not every wow. week. If we get up there, we're just gonna stay up there until wow. I'm supposed to get off around October twenty second, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So how
0: how long of a sail is that?
1: I think if I look at the schedule, sailing the Mediterranean was, I want to say anywhere from five to seven days, straight sailing, like no stops. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm correct with what I remember reading on the itinerary.
0: So, I I don't know how did. Like, you ever have any, like, bad storms or anything like that you've gone through?
1: Oh, man. Yes. Let me tell you, this was last year, and it's on YouTube and everything, so I can talk about it. But (laughs) apparently a gust of wind rocked the ship to where the ship stayed just like this for a good 10 minutes. Wow. When I tell you all the furniture and everything was sliding to one side, I was up in a spa, and, like, the spa water overflowed, and glass was breaking. It was crazy, man. I think mean, that was the worst that I've had
0: it. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've seen a couple of videos where, you know, those security cameras or whatever show everything sliding yeah. from one side to the other. And I, I've only been on one cruise and that was, um, uh, it was a short one. It was, it was, you know, like a five day cruise, but it was, uh, um, Cayman Islands and Key West. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we, it was beautiful weather the entire time. So, um, yeah. I, I had no complaints. I, I think it's a, a pretty pretty cool way to kind of sample size visit destinations yeah, if you sure. want to go back, but I don't think my wife uh, liked the cruise too much, and she doesn't want to. No, she didn't get seasick at all, but uh, just didn't like uh, the small cabin uh, even though it was, it was big enough for the both of us, but uh, kind of just being you know stuck in that one spot unless you were in port, you know, except yeah. for that 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 8 hour stay in port
1: what cruise uh, line did you guys cruise on
0: uh we did royal or yeah royal caribbean i think
1: royal okay that's a good one
0: yeah but um uh but it was it wasn't exactly the best experience because it was like the the remade voyage like after the ship was rebuilt refurbished uh-huh. uh and there were there's just a lot of a lot of mishaps so um I didn't mind so much. Like they, like they had a couple of mishaps with the food and yeah. whatnot. Um, but I no real complaints. Um, you know, like the, they, they, they didn't really refurbish it that well, I guess. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they kind of set sail a little too soon. Um, they were still working on some stuff while we were on the cruise.
1: Ah, uh, um, they're trying to make sure they get the money. They don't miss out. Yep. Um, bookings. Yeah. So,
0: but uh, I enjoyed it. But I don't think she wants to ever go on a cruise again. Uh, not not that she had a bad time. Uh, she just didn't like that avenue of travel. So, yeah. How big
1: was your ship, if you don't mind me asking?
0: Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. Okay. Um I yeah, I have no idea. Like I I could I could spit out a number of passengers, but I I'd, yeah. I'd be mm-hmm. pulling it straight out of thin air. So got it. <laughs> um. If I, if I go back far enough in my emails, I'm sure I could find the ship name, but, um, I think it was a smaller ship because I think it was one of the ships they were planning on doing Cuban cruises with. Okay. But I think that ended up getting shot down. So. You got it. But, uh, so, uh, lighthearted topic into a, uh, heavy topic.
1: All right, here we uh, go. Dive in.
0: You are, you are, uh. Very active in the current movement, um yeah I try to be yeah, um with black lives matter, general um, policy issues and every like i I look at your post and you're all over the place, you're not just black lives matter, you're everything, and uh, one of the things that uh I noticed was like right after the the looting and riots and whatnot the mm-hmm. next day you were looking for avenues to help clean up and yeah. you know do do the turnaround and uh, I guess uh what what kind of what kind of mayhem happened in Tampa and then what was the cleanup like?
1: Well you know what um I know a champ store got burned down a gas station was burned But the cleanup literally was a day. And I didn't even get a chance to clean up. Like, I drove around looking for things to help clean up. But one of our uh, football players at USF, the college down here, he actually got a team of people together the following day after the riots happened. And they went all over town and just cleaned everything up. And I found out about that a day later. So I was a day late and a dollar short trying to help, (laughs) (laughs) you know. But, I mean, there was destruction but not as bad as some other places. Yeah. You know, the, our destruction, I feel like was in one area, one concentrated area, maybe a couple, but not like an entire city was leveled. you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, uh, a far stretch from Minneapolis. Yeah. So, um, as far as all that goes, mm-hmm. um, like how, how can you explain this the best to, Put it in perspective to the side that says, why, why are they burning down and looting their neighborhoods?
1: Well, if you got to get into the history of what uh, riots and looting were for, there was for really uh, getting national attention, right? Anger. And as far as burning down neighborhoods and things like that, one and i'm going to talk about the current topic a lot of the destructions were manifested by people outside of the actual protesters and one of the protests that i went to which was very well organized and i step off topic to say that i am a peaceful protester or i don't believe looting and rioting actually work they get attention you know you leave you get out some frustration but in the long term they don't really accomplish much, right? So what our, or, what our uh, organizers did for this march, they came up with a set of rules. They brought us all into a parking lot. We went over the rules. We went over the safety hand signals. And they actually pointed out agitators, is what we call them. And they knew exactly who they were. So they let us know these are the agitators. And what the agitators, what they would do, they would try to separate small groups of people who they feel they can rile up from the march and then next thing you know mayhem breaks out so that was number one uh another type of people that protest and loot and things like that are opportunists and i feel like everybody has an opportunist somewhere right that really don't speak for the group they're just out there just to cause trouble
0: yeah
1: right but other than that what i would say for them is this and this is what i've always said the looting and the rioting are unnecessary in my opinion. However, a lot of the anger and a lot of the focus that kind of disheartened me was towards the looting and not towards what caused the looting, right? There's two types of people that I say as far as this issue is concerned. There are people that say what happened to George Floyd was terrible, but the looting must stop, it must end today. And then there are people that say the looting and the rioting are terrible, but the killing of black men in the streets during the daytime, or killing them—period—handcuffed innocently needs to stop. Like, there's two ways to look at that, right? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, for sure.
1: You know, and that's pretty much where it's at.
0: So, as far as uh, we'll we'll say George Floyd uh, and bringing up his his previous record and whatnot. Yeah. Um now I'm I'm of the stance that the previous record doesn't matter. Uh Correct. it's still a fucking travesty. Um but like you have you have people that say that yes it was a travesty but he was a career criminal. Um what are your thoughts on that perspective?
1: I thought we were all innocent until proven guilty.
0: That's that's Right.
1: The, that cop, uh Derek, I can't remember his last name, but he was judge and jury in that moment, which is illegal.
0: It it, it makes me think of Judge Dredd. Yes. Uh, I, I am the that. law. Um
1: Good movie with Sylvester Stallone, though, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it is.
0: <laughs> um so as far as as far as uh you know, innocent until proven guilty, the like what is is there any other way to explain that to the naysayer uh, or to, to break it down? I mean, that's about the simplest way that you could, you could put it, Yeah, you know, innocent until proven guilty. I mean, that's Um, in the
1: constitution, I thought, right. Yeah. Part of what America is about.
0: Yeah. So like, what are, are there any other explanations that that can be dealt with like, you know, in more in depth uh, to, I guess, to make it more, (laughs) more challenging, (laughs) I guess
1: well to make it more challenging i'll say this like people that don't want to hear that or don't understand it, it's because they don't want to right they want to use this oh look into his past and like his life was less valuable because of his past and that's what's been happening to black men black people period right and not just when they have a bad past. like take trayvon martin like 16-year-old, went to the store, got some Skittles and Arizona, followed by the community watchman George Zimmerman and murdered, right? Now, what did they do? What did the media do? They first tried to look into his past. Uh, This is a black teenager. He was in a black hoodie. He looks like a criminal. Then they found out he was suspended from school. Then they found out he may have smoked pot, right? They always go into the past to try to demonize the victim. Yeah. And then, come to find out, they never talked about he went to uh, a NASA camp, right? He was actually really smart. You never hear stuff like that.
0: That's the first that I've heard of uh, him being in a NASA camp.
1: Yeah, like, I I researched it, because that was actually the case. I, I hate to say that woke up this disdain in me, as far as re, uh, race relations, because it's always been around. I've always known about it. Yeah. But that case right there struck me to the core, because one, that could have been any one of us, right? I wear hoodies all the time. I could have just been walking down the street and a man comes chasing me with a gun, and he tackles me, yeah, I'm gonna fight back, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think anybody would do that. White, black, Mexican, doesn't matter. But also, you have to, like, watching his parents have to get on television and talk about that case kind of hurt me, right? Because I don't believe any parent should have to bury their child, especially, in that type of situation. Yeah. And then for the law, right? The law to allow George Zimmerman to walk free. There's nobody that I know that says George Zimmerman was innocent. However, because of the law, the way the law is written, he was able to get through.
0: So, that's I I think that that's a big point that a lot of people miss when we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement or yes. any movement for that matter Pertaining to these issues is the 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 difference in the justice system how cases are handled because I've seen a lot of people posting you know, oh well, uh this black cop killed this white woman. Where was the outrage there um, well,
1: that black cop got arrested and sentenced
0: that that cop right. was arrested, sentenced appropriately, and yes the case closed. Whereas, uh, you know, like you say, Zimmerman, um, I think Van Dyke was, mm-hmm. uh, a good, a good example of the system eventually playing out correctly, uh, with, with his, uh, murder sentence. It, it wasn't murder one, but it was murder two. Right. Um, and I, I actually don't know what his actual, uh, uh, punishment was for that. Cause I, I, I just remember hearing the sentencing, but I don't think I, I remember uh, years or what the actual sentence was. Uh, right. You know, uh, what I should say, I, I heard what the verdict was, but I didn't hear what the sentence was. Um, well,
1: I'll say this as far as the Black Lives Matters movement. A lot of people, I feel like, don't quite understand what it is. Like, people want to try to base it off of or try to say that we're we're about anti-policing, and yeah. that's not the movement at all, honestly, because there is so much more systematic racism than just the police. The police has to focus right now because of what happened to George Zimmerman, I mean, George, Zimmerman, George Floyd. Yeah. However, the movement is about really policy and the policy of protecting the black community. Like, I can bring up another case. You heard of Brock Turner?
0: Uh, the name sounds familiar, but I'm not sure White if I'm thinking of somebody else.
1: College, I think he raped the girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I, I actually just reposted that uh, last week, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about the, you know, Oh, but he's a great swimmer.
1: Uh, yeah. Right. The judge yeah. sat there and said, yeah, I mean, you abused and raped this girl. while she was unconscious behind the dumpster, but for a few not- minutes of action. Yeah. It's too, too hard on you. So we're going to give you six months. Yeah. However, if you look at a Latoya Jackson, a 16-year-old sex slave who killed the man that was trying to rape her because she feared for her life, she got 15 years. And then they made him a man that was married with kids, buying a sex slave that's only 16, made him look like the hero, made him look like the victim. Yeah. Right? That's what Black Lives Matter is about. It's about the unfairness of how black people are treated in the justice system compared to white people. It really, like, police, yeah. Police brutality, that's just one issue that we tackle. But it's not against all police. It's about the policies and the training the police have. Like, where in the training does it say, put your knee on somebody's neck for 10 minutes? Yeah. Right? So that's, that's I think, the misinformation that people get because people are so into the media and what's been really posted or what's being said inside certain circles that they don't really look at what the facts are.
0: So uh, as far as policing, uh, I, I'm not quite exact, exactly sure on your stance on, you know, the, now there's the movement for, for defunding police and this and that. Um, like how, how do you feel about the, the defunding of, of police?
1: Well, we have to understand what they mean by defunding, right, it's not taking money away from police. Like, that's a big misconception. Like, people think uh, they're going to defund, the police are not going to have money, they can't prepare themselves with the equipment that they need. Because let's be honest, police do need equipment to protect themselves, right? But what it is, is they're not going to be overfunded with all this money, and they're going to distribute the money into other areas. Because, let's be honest, police aren't equipped to deal with certain things that they're already being called for, like mental health issues, or medical issues, or let's say a kid is acting unruly in school. So they wanna try to distribute that money into more specialized areas in the department. So when a kid is, a 11 year old kid is acting up in school and the teachers don't know how to deal with them, they don't call the police, right? They call 911 and the 911 sends a social worker or somebody else that is more equipped to handle that. So the yeah. misinformation about it all is what is really, Disheartening, especially on Facebook. Like everybody, and I'll just say this like, whoever came up with that defunding the police, that's such a stupid marketing strategy. <laughs> like, who, why would you say that? Like, what well, you couldn't call it anything else.
0: Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, I have, I have, uh, I, I've seen people posting about just complete reform, mm-hmm. which, all right, reform is one thing. Yes. Disbanding is another right
1: Um, and i hate that word disbanding because that's not what it is
0: well no that's uh you know people are confusing yeah Yeah. people are confusing uh defunding and disbanding a lot as well
1: right um
0: but uh you know people like all right there's good cops and bad cops you know i i am uh a a supporter of that train of thought
1: Mm uh
0: and i think that I think that reform could benefit, not, you know, instead of, instead of a complete disbanding or anything or the correct, um, you know, I guess uh, redistribution of funds uh, mm-hmm. would be one way to put it. Uh, I, I think that that would be more of a correct way to go than uh, just having the train of thought of all cops are bad.
1: Right, I agree with you one hundred percent on that,
0: but that- also uh-huh. also uh, the you know if you've got ten cops in a room and nine of them know that this guy's an asshole and he's doing wrong, but they don't say anything, all right, now you've got you know uh, you, you had nine good, one bad, but now since they're not going to talk about the one bad, now you've got ten bad right, you know uh, I, I think that accountability uh, is, is something that needs to be upheld better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, like I, I've said it before, like I, I, I do support the police. I, I support the good ones. Uh, but there, there definitely has to be accountability, the, the correct justice. Yes. And you know, all of that. So it's, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a tough topic to, to get in a conversation with. Unless, yeah, I, un, unless you're, like, actually talking to somebody.
1: Yes. Because,
0: like, because Facebook, Twitter, everything, it's all my way or the highway. Fuck you. I don't want to listen. You know, and
1: Yeah. And I even fall into that. Like, I'm not innocent about that at all. These <laughs> and you're like, you know what? I'm about to just go on these comments and I'm going to let them have it. But the conversation, I think that's step one. We need to have a conversation. We yeah. need to be open and honest about the conversation as well. Right? Which is, like, what we're doing, I love this. I jumped on it because, hey, two different people from two different areas, let's talk about it. Exactly. And this, once you talk about it, you are find you have more common ground than you do disagreements, to be honest with you.
0: Absolutely. You're
1: able to build up from there. And that, as far as me, my voice, that is what I'm looking for. Now, I'm not going to stand for people that are just setting their ways and think they can just say whatever they want to say, right? Like I, I was talking to somebody, and they brought up the rate at which white men are killed by police versus black men, and they they even like brought up a source, and actually the source discredited their entire argument. But what people, when people bring that up, they've been disingenuous. And I did a lot of research too. The one source that they talk about, I can't remember, from the Washington Post is was the source that she she brought up the Washington Post and political. Politifax. So, what that particular survey looked at was the amount of police killings by shooting. And white men were, I think, higher as far as the number goes than black men. However, if you look at the population between there's more white people than black people, the rate at which white men were killed by police were 8%, where black men was actually 12.5%. And then you also have to look at the wording. They said by shooting. They didn't say by strangulation, by overtasing, by beatings, or by neglect. They were just one specific entity. Right? Yeah. So you have to really educate yourself on what you're reading and actually do the research, not just to respond, but to actually understand. I feel like a lot of people on both sides don't do enough of that.
0: Oh, yeah, That's absolutely.
1: Yeah, and that's what I try to do on my Facebook page. I mean, I most definitely passed two weeks driven by emotion, which I don't, I'm not sorry for. But I try to come back to, okay, these are what the facts are. And this is what the, the data says, the statistics, right? Versus then just a headline. So, and I don't mind being called out. If I post something wrong, hey, call me out in the comments and I will not, oh, yeah. you, you know?
0: Yeah, that's I I'm the same way. Yeah. Um but it it was it was kinda kind of uh I not not necessarily eye opening, but it, it still kinda caught me a little off guard. But like I posted uh last week about, mm-hmm. you know, if if you're of the stance of either you feel this way or unfriend me. You know, it's like yeah, you know, like 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 we were talking about a couple minutes ago, uh like if you don't have if if you just Talk to people that have the same beliefs as you and the same ideas as you, like you're creating an echo chamber yes. and you don't hear the other side and you can't get to that middle ground. And I had a, you know a good friend of mine, well, you know, I, I just can't deal with uh you know, stupidity and whatnot. And um it's like, well, I mean, stupidity can be fixed. Like you can you can have a conversation and teach the other person something and they could teach you something and all right. You know, cause I, I told him, I said, well, I've been stupid about things in the past, mm-hmm. but since then I've learned and I've grown out of that stupidity, you right. know? Uh, but without those conversations, that's not going to happen. So you, you have to be able to bounce ideas and thoughts back and forth so that you do get the full story. Even if it's somebody who is 100% hardcore, right. And somebody that's 100% hardcore left. If they have a conversation, you know, just like you said, uh, you, you're going to find common ground there, and right. that's a, that, that that's a starting point where you could start to work together, and you know, learn from each other. Right. So, I mean, that's uh, that's that's why you know, like, why I asked you if you wanted to come talk. Um, right.
1: That's why I always tell people, follow me. Like, I won't unfriend anybody. I'm pretty sure some people may have unfriended me. I'm not sure. But I have yet to unfriend anybody. The only time I've unfriended anybody as far as an argument was when somebody came on my post. And this is not related to this topic. This was like a month ago. And he came and disrespected people that were on my page. Like, don't disrespect my friends like that. Yeah. Like don't get to do that. So yeah. I will unfriend you on that. But if you want to have a conversation with me, we can have that conversation.
0: You yeah.
1: Know? And, and I, I honestly prefer it.
0: Oh, absolutely. But and and you know, there is there is a line. You know, all right. I I tried this much with with this person, mm-hmm. and they're not budging. They're a bigot. They're just a fucking asshole. Yeah, that that line's been drawn. And if there's no compromise, if there's no no um uh brain fart,
1: no compromise, no
0: no compromise, no um no progress. If if progress. there's no if there's no progress. And there's no point to it, then yes. Obviously, right. this person is 100% not going to change their mind, and they're an asshole, so I don't need them in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's, that's, you know, case by case basis, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but just to be a, a hardcore proponent of if you don't feel the same way I do, unfriend me, you know, I, I can't get behind that.
1: Right. Uh, I would double back on that because I agree with you, but I, I just find it weird. Like, we can disagree on maybe the merits of the situation, but there's a lot of people that are out there just that are okay with just racism, though, too. Yeah. Like, that I can't get behind, right? Yeah. You just, like, racism, wrong. There's no right or wrong. There's no good people on both sides. You're either on the right side or you're wrong on that situation. Yeah. Because what's happening is a lot of these people, and I, I don't... Yeah, I do want to go into, like, politics and things like that, but a lot of these people support people that put into policies that go against my life, right? And, like, that's just why. Yeah. You know, there was a a quote, and I can't remember, by James Baldwin. And I'm just going to paraphrase. I can't remember the actual quote, but he said, we can be friends and we can disagree on everything except for when what we disagree on neglects my life now at that point then no then we can't be friends right yeah so but that's why i stand on that but as far as talking like people got to be able to open up on a conversation but they also have to be open enough to not just hear things to reply but try to hear and understand
0: yeah yeah so as far as racism goes Mm -hmm. how much of it do you feel is Media-driven, because that's that's another rebuttal that a lot of people have, is that you know racism isn't as bad as it seems in the country. The media just drives us to think that way.
1: See, that's a complicated question because I think the media most definitely uh, gaslights a lot of things, right? However, I I say this, and I'm this is probably gonna be a little long-winded. Racism hasn't gotten any worse since the 80s or the 90s, I'll say, right? It's just, it's being filmed now, right? It's still the same. The people were in hiding, doing, like police have been brutalizing Black people since I can remember. It's probably since the Civil War. But now it's just being filmed and put into people's faces. So we're gonna say that. But as far as the progress of Black people, we aren't where we were back in the 60s with Martin Luther King Jr., right and he's not where they were during harriet tubman times so there is progress that has been happening like we're not still chained up literally yeah in the cotton fields right progress is being made however there's still pockets that is hindering us as a people i'll put it like that you know pockets that we still got to keep up the fight and eradicate because yeah. there's still policies that was created back in the 50s and the 60s that still, um, uh, what I'm trying to say, affect us today, right? So that's where I stand. Racism, I think race relations have gotten better, but there's still racism in the country that is just being filmed now. and That's why it seems like things are getting worse.
0: Yeah. And that's... You know, some an, another one of the rebuttals is, you know, it's it's just all filmed now. Um, so, um, I'm trying to think of a another lighthearted topic that we could shift to and kind of go back and forth. Okay. Uh, uh, so you don't smoke cigars, you don't smoke anything. Um, what about drinks? Do you drink at all?
1: Uh, I love a uh, Long Island Iced Tea. Yeah. That is my drink. Conversation drink is a ramen coke.
0: Okay. So no beers or nah, that, No. Beers.
1: My auntie let me have a beer, like a sip so not to get her in trouble or anything back when I was like <laughs> eight. And it kind of just ruined my life. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, I don't know. Have, have you ever just gotten crazy on the ship? Uh, had had a couple too many Long Islands or?
1: <laughs> yeah, but my crazy and what other people crazies are. Right? My crazy, I only really drink like that when I'm with friends that I trust somebody that's not going to allow me to get on top of the ship, butt naked and scream. I'm the king of the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, you know, when I've had enough, when I start talking about my mouth going numb, because when I get a little tipsy, I get a little goofy as well.
0: Uh, that's, that's funny. Like I, I got a buddy of mine, you know, he's drunk. He'll start walking around mm-hmm. with his head tilted to one side. <laughs> and it, it it's just funny to watch because he, 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 he thinks he's completely normal, but, yeah. uh, one, <laughs> once, once you see that head tilt, you know, he's hammered.
1: Uh-oh, uh, there you go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, no, we didn't, we didn't get, uh, too crazy at all. Like we had the premium drink package on the boat, um, okay. and drank, drank a lot of fruity stuff, uh, the entire time. Uh, unless I was smoking a cigar, then, uh, you know, I'd stop at the, uh, whatever lounge that had, uh, the, the, the lounge was actually called the cigar roller, which threw me off on the itinerary because I seen an event and it was, you know, cigar roller at three thirty or something like that. So I went down there expecting to see a cigar roller. And then I right. found out that that was just the name of this room, but that, that's where, that's where all the good whiskeys and scotches were. So that's, you know, when I was going to light up a cigar, that's where I headed and sat on the back of the boat and, um, couldn't believe how blue the water was. Um, Yeah, it's
1: gorgeous. Like when you're out in the ocean and you go, we have this uh, area called Crew Bar, which is actually outside in the front of the boat. It's forward. And you can go up there. It's where the helicopter pad is. And the stars, I've never seen stars so bright. Me living in like Chicago and then Mm -hmm. Tampa, which is another city, you know, you don't get to see stars like that. And this one time the moon was just so big. It was just gorgeous, man.
0: So, uh, any any crazy wildlife, uh, sea life, I guess I should say. Uh, I've seen
1: dolphins swimming. I've seen sea turtles, but that's about it. I feel like all the exotic animals kind of stay away from the ships. Yeah, you know. But I have seen dolphins.
0: I didn't. I didn't see any dolphins, but we did see a lot of flying fish. Like flying, Yeah,
1: I think mine fish too, yeah.
0: Yeah. But that 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 was cool to me. It's like, oh hey, check goddamn, he flies far. <laughs> <laughs> but uh other than that, like I mean we we went we went um uh snorkeling in the Cayman Islands. Oh that that, that that was pretty neat. Um just crystal clear water. And that's actually where I proposed to my wife. Um I had Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh that we've we've been married almost uh two years now, but this is five years ago, uh, four years ago, but um, like I actually like they, they have that little net pocket in the inside of the swim trunks. Yeah, right? I had the ring in a Ziploc bag, so I you know if it came out of the trunks, it would at least float. Um, but that was that was probably the most nerve wracking moment of my life, uh, <laughs> not because I was proposing, but because I had this ring, and you know, I proposed to her like underwater and all that
1: oh man and
0: uh like i'm, I'm holding on to this thing with just the grip of death and uh
1: on the edge my friend
0: oh yeah because it, it was about i, I want to say it was about 40 50 feet deep at that at that point um and i can't snorkel that far
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you my snorkeling my very first time snorkeling i was on tour i was on, in high school musical actually back in like 2009 i was on tour and we were in hawaii this is like in august and it was a hurricane but i don't know why we decided to go snorkeling during a hurricane anyway like the waters was so sandy like you couldn't see anything but i'm in the water swimming and then i'm coming out i even have a picture i'm posing on the rock like this and you know what's in my pocket <laughs> my cell phone <laughs> <laughs> and that was back before the cell phones were waterproof like we were snorkeling for like hours
0: and in, and I can't imagine in hawaii it's it's pretty easy to get a cell phone
1: exactly right I think oh man i'll without a without a cell phone for like at least three or four weeks Oh geez. yeah, crazy, man, and that was before the time where they're even like now like you rely on your cell phone for everything now, but then it was my camera as well. Camera phones are just starting to happen
0: yeah so. so you've got a a pretty extensive uh, background in dancing then?
1: Yeah, I, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> so when, uh,
0: when did you get started with that?
1: Oh, I started dancing. this That's a story for you, my friend. I was 15. And I didn't start dancing because I wanted to dance. I was heavily into the martial arts. Like my dream was, I had two dreams, actually. It's going to actually fit in with this conversation quite nicely. I wanted to be like the world's greatest martial artist. And the only job that I saw my skills fitting was to become a cop. Yeah. So uh, I was watching Michelle Yao. She was the mom on um, Crazy Rich Asians. You know, she's a martial arts master. I love her. Action star, performing in dozens of movies. And I was, one of the things that I did when I was younger, my family will always go to my brother's football game on Friday night but I would never go because on the channel TNT, they will always play martial <laughs> arts movies, right? So this one night I was watching TNT while my family was all gone and they were doing like an entire documentary on Michelle Yeoh, like all of her movies. And she, would, she was doing interviews in between the commercial breaks. And she, they asked her, so how, what type of training did you do become the martial artist that you are and she said she was a ballet dance she took ballet at the royal academy in um london is part of royal ballet so that kind of made me think like all right if i'm gonna be serious about this i need to go into a ballet class so in 1998 i enrolled into a ballet class and then from there it just snowballed. My friends that was at the dance school at the time talked me into getting to the musical program at my high school. So I was doing musicals and by the time I went to college, this was the career that I wanted. So that's how this all happened. All back. accident.
0: Living the dream.
1: I'm trying to. <laughs> Whenever my job comes back <laughs> right yeah. now. So what's the moment?
0: What's the status on that? Any idea or
1: Uh, They just put out a release. I mean, the cruise ship industry is kind of playing everything by ear. Like, everything's changing day by day. But I think we're going to end up going back, as far as my cast on my ship, sometime in October, November-ish. I know Carnival is planning on starting their cruises back up in August. But I think a lot of the, the industry in itself, just playing things by ear. Letting one ship go, see how that goes, coming up with different uh, safety policies. And it's just right now, everything is still so confusing. But we, a newsletter just went out, actually, a post that had dates on it. And it looks like our ship might be going back sometime at the end of October, November. But that's also subject to change. So, but it looks like for the next three or four months, I'm still be. So just here, quarantine, trying to... Hanging out. Hanging out, doing yeah. hot dogs.
0: Yeah. So, like, are are you doing anything with dance while in quarantine, or...?
1: Yeah, I teach on Zoom. And okay. here in Florida, uh, they just opened up allowing dance studios and gymnasium, or gyms, to open back up. So, one of the dance studios that I, I sub for, I go and I teach there every, every once in a while when they need me to. It's like... You can't have more than 10 people, I think, in the building at a time, which is kind of crazy, but um, they're probably going to start getting more lax as the summer goes on, depending on what the case numbers look like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I might actually be heading to uh, Ocala in a couple of weeks here. Um, okay. My mom's having uh, uh, a bypass on one of her legs, mm. and so we're going to she finds out when she's supposed to have surgery on Friday and figured if I'm still out of work and, uh, we have the time, then, uh, we'll take the trip down there for, for a week or so and, uh, help out around the house while after she gets
1: out. So, um, yeah. I hope she pulls through my friend.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. She's, she's a little worried about it. Um, yeah. for, I mean, for obvious reasons, but I mean, yeah, it's, a. Uh, it It could be a dangerous procedure, but uh i like I told her, I said, well, you know at least it's not on your heart, it's in your leg, you know sure. so i i I've always kind of been the the positive side of things type of guy, so yeah um so I guess we could uh shift back to uh more serious things, okay um what do you think the, uh, the best way to find that common ground between both sides is going to be?
1: Well, besides talking to each other and keeping an open mind, but huh, I think now that things are starting to settle down, which I'm not necessarily sure that's a good thing because black issues seem to get pushed to the back burner whenever it's not in the forefront.
0: Complacency.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, I'm, I'm honestly, one, talking to each other, two, educating yourselves on the actual issues, not just on the topics of discussion, right? And a lot of my friends, I, like they come up with this term called allies. That's when like white people or people, uh, non-people of color support the Black Lives Matter. But I've had a lot of allies come and be very open to learning about things. Like I have a conversation with a friend who's like, she's never really experienced the things that we've experienced. Like me and my friends, we actually put our personal stories of being harassed by police on Facebook. And this is the first time a lot of our friends actually seen that. Like they know us to be great performers, loving people, kind hearted, caring, giving and to see your friends go through that kind of makes it real for you at that point in time. So a lot of them has been coming saying, hey, so teach me about this. What does this mean? And it's like we're learning from each other. And I had to tell a friend like, who admitted like she has been uh, blessed with white privilege, you know? But I told her, don't feel bad about that. White privilege, that's what we all want, right? We all want to have that privilege. Like, don't feel... White privilege is only bad when you use it to belittle somebody that doesn't have it, right? Having it is great. So
0: what... How would you personally define white privilege?
1: Uh, Me? When... I'm trying to pick the right words. Everybody struggles. Like, life is hard, no matter who you are, what color you are. However when your struggles isn't because of the color of your skin that is what i say is white privilege all right one of my stories from april it just happened to me in april i was doing a event i volunteered this girl little girl she was uh had her last treatment for leukemia it was her last one she survived it she passed it her family wanted to throw this parade so I borrowed a pair of stilt walkers from my friend and I got some shoulder pads and I'm Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I bought a jersey. I was a Buccaneer football player on stilts, right?
0: So you you do stilts too.
1: Yeah, I do, yeah. (laughs) So I'm draped all in red. Red bandana, jersey, red shirt under it, you know, all in red. After the event, I go to the gas station just to get something to drink and I'm followed out by a police officer or a sheriff Who comes behind me as I'm getting into my car and asks me, What are you repping? And I (laughs) said, What do you mean, repping? And then he said, I see you draped in red from head to toe. I'm assuming you're a blood. And we don't frown, we frown upon that around these parts. And I had to tell him, Well, I frown upon that everywhere I go. And then we got into a conversation which turned lighthearted. I told him what I was doing, and it was, it turned out to be a a decent conversation, a good conversation. You know, we talked about community service and all this stuff. Lo and behold, at the end of it, he wished me farewell. Goodbye. But the thing is, if I was white with all that on, the chance of him approaching me, asking me what I'm repping wouldn't have happened.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I, I have like in no comparison uh, is is my story. But uh, when I was like, Seventeen years old, mm-hmm. uh, got pulled over on the way home from a movie, and trust me, I know. Like I, I, I've had the conversation. Like I definitely do not have the struggles of getting pulled over as, as uh, you would or uh, any other POC. That's a whole playbook. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, like they they're searching my car. Uh, there's four of us, and mm-hmm. we're sitting on the curb, and I I had a shaved head. I've always like now my hair grows. All year round, I only cut it once a year. But when I was a kid, I I shaved my head all the time. I hate I hated my hair. Mm -hmm. Um, but I it was freshly shaven, and I had this this big burly, bald white cop asked me like, "Who you running with?" It's like, "What are you talking about?" You know, like I'm I'm 17 years old. I'm I'm in high school. He's like, "Oh, come on, man. You can tell me." It's like, uh, you know, who who you running with? It's like I, I don't know what what the hell you're talking about. He's like, come on, man, uh, you got no hair, you you, you skinhead, you you know what, mm-hmm. what's going. It's like, no, man, like I'm, I just don't like my hair. I I shave my <laughs> head all the time. That's it, you know. Uh, which, and you know, they they sent the dog in my car, and they're you know looking yeah, for whatever. They're looking for something. Yeah, which nothing to be found. But uh, I I know that that's uh definitely not as drastic as other stories that i've heard or or i mean all right so i was uh i was assumed to be a skinhead uh you know because i had a bald head uh is a lot you know by a white cop with a bald head you know uh that that's a lot different than um you know uh, so you uh you you a blood you know what
1: and the thing is it's not that white people don't get harassed by police I know a couple other stories where people have been harassed by police, especially if police don't like fret boys and you with a whole bunch of guys in your car or your truck, you know, you get harassed. The difference is it's the rate at which that happens. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that's, I mean, I, so I brought up uh, Van Dyke earlier. That's, mm-hmm. that's actually when I, when I had the first race relations episode of my show uh, a buddy of mine, a comic um, um, coffee black, Uh, I, I sent him a message, like when I heard the verdict and was like, Hey dude, like I, microphones are not, I want to talk race relations. You know, he's like, Oh, for sure. Let's, let's do this. Uh, so we ended up doing that. That was the first race relations episode that I did. And, uh, you know, we had that conversation of, you know, what's, what's your first thought if you drive by a a cop car and they do a U-turn. Oh shit! I might get a speeding ticket. You know, my my first thought, you know, speaking for him, said, you know, my first thought is, am I going to go home today? You know, yeah. And that 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 could be taken as, you know, am I going to jail for no reason, or am I am I not going home at all? Right. You know, am I going to end up dead?
1: And let me tell you, this is what happens as far as me and a lot of my friends. First of all, we already notice a cop before we even pass him. Right. Yeah. So we look at our speedometer speedometer, making sure we're not going over. Now we happen to pass him and he pulls out or a cop decides to make a U-turn. My first reaction is to make sure my license and everything is already ready in a place where I can, I can reach it easily. So he doesn't think I'm reaching for a weapon. Right. Those are the thoughts that go through my head.
0: So with that being said, uh, you know, that's another argument that I keep seeing is uh, well, if you just, do what you're supposed to do and be respectful and, uh, you know, uh, treat the officer with respect. Uh, you know, nothing bad will happen. Yeah, uh, that's but yeah, that's, I mean, sure. It's, it's true in some cases, but in not, not in a lot of them. Right. You no. Know?
1: Right. So, One of my other stories is part of, um, I did a uh, interview a couple of days ago, a guy videotaping wanted me to tell all my stories And this happened in Arkansas. I was visiting my um, mom from here. I flew to Chicago. And then me and my mother was going to go to Arkansas to visit my little cousins. Now, I had rented a red Ford Focus 2012. You know, it was a nice, shiny car. And we were driving. And the police was, I forgot where we were. We were somewhere on some type of highway in Arkansas. The speed limit was 70. But I was going 69 on cruise control. Police pulls up close behind me because I know he's reading my plates. So I decide that I'm going to let him pass. Maybe he wants to pass. So I get over. Now, there's a pickup truck right in front of me or a 16-wheeler, not a pickup truck. And so the police rolls to the side of my car, looks in it, see that it's me. And I had like a Mohawk, too. Like I was doing a Halloween show, so my look was a little crazy. He pulls behind me, pulls me over, right, right? So I do my normal routine, make sure my license, my registration are all on the dash so I don't have to reach anywhere for it. He comes to the car and he asks me to get out. I get out and he puts me in his front seat of his patrol car. He gets in on the other side and he grills me. Where are you going? Who are you? Who is that in the car? Because I have my mom in the car. Where are you going to visit? What part of Little Rock are you going? When are you going back? Where did you get the car? Grills me. And then at the end of all his uh, interrogation, he goes, all right, I'm going to let you go off with a warning. You was too close behind the truck and lets me go. Huh. <laughs> so, like, I did all the right things, but I was still harassed. Yeah. You know?
0: All right. So, I got to ask, uh, are you going to be available for, like, if we if we take a break for, like, 20 minutes or so, can I? Yeah. All right. Because uh, we got a tornado warning here. Uh-oh. Uh, So... I'm going to go in, comfort my wife uh, until we get the all clear here. I imagine it should be like 10-15 minutes, if that's all right. Okay,
1: yeah. I'll be here.
0: All right. I'll take this opportunity with the unplanned break to tell you about the new project that Daryl Davis and myself have started. Uh, It's called American History Outside February. You might remember conversations with Daryl. I've had a few episodes with him and Coffee Black on here. Um, Daryl is going to be Teaching me basically uh, about Black History all year round instead of just in February, because Black History should be considered American History. So that's why it's called American History outside February. Our first episode is all about the Tulsa, Oklahoma race riots or the Tulsa Massacre. Um, you know, Black Wall Street. Uh, we talk about that. We do a pretty in-depth conversation with that with a guest named D'Aletta Gillespie, and she uh, she gave us a, a pretty informative account on that. So be on the lookout for that. We're shooting for June 21st as the release date, so hopefully we could hold to that. Uh, so yeah, check out American History Outside February when that comes out. All right, so when we left off, we were speaking of your experiences and you telling your friends about your experiences and that waking them up so to speak. Yeah. So uh, I guess we could pick up from there.
1: Okay. Well, trying to hop back on that train. is kind of hard. Um, I mean, just a lot more people are more open to what the black experience in America is now. As before, They were not as connected to it because they didn't think they knew anybody that the terrible stuff was happening to. So it's a big disconnect. But now I feel like a lot more people are connected and a lot more people are talking, which is to me is a good thing, right? Yeah. The more people that actually want to talk and are get educated about the issues. And I know I keep bringing that word up, but I feel like that's the way forward.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, That's why I, I, you know i just mentioned um you know starting a new project with daryl davis are are you familiar with him at all or no i'm not uh daryl davis is a musician slash author slash a lot of things um but i think the the thing he's known most for is his um uh he's he's gotten over 200 members of the clan to Renounce their membership and that train of thought
1: by uh-huh.
0: by becoming friends with them um
1: isn't that amazing? all you have to do is have a conversation and have you exactly get it yeah
0: exactly and that's that that's why I love having these conversations um but uh we're starting a new project. because i I've had them on the show a couple of times um <laughs> uh to talk about that um, and uh it, it was we've done 3 episodes so far and it was me coffee black and him mm. um the first two were uh the serious conversations and the third one was more about his uh musical career and yeah. experiences with that like he he's performed with like you know Chuck Berry and oh cool. uh, yeah he's he's got a pretty pretty awesome resume behind him um but we're with the the episode that we just recorded that hopefully i didn't lose uh was was about the tulsa massacre yeah and uh it was me him and um a lady by the name of deletta gillespie um but she gave us a a pretty good history of the the tulsa massacre uh, and and what happened there which i got i got a pretty good lesson prior to that by daryl um Mm -hmm along with uh, some, some pretty uncomfortable photos to go along with it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the, you know, we talked about the the riots and the the looting that happened there and it was, you know, vice versa. It was the, the, the whites rioting and looting the black community, right. (laughs) Black wall street and whatnot. Um, But that's a, that's a fascinating story that not too many people know about. Um, yeah. yeah and,
1: I, I don't even, I, like, I know it generally and I know some information, but I'm pretty sure if I listen to your podcast, I will probably, if I listen to that part, that, um, that episode, most definitely I'll probably learn a lot more about it as well.
0: Yeah. And that's, I, I told, uh, I told both uh, D'Aletta and Daryl that the first time I ever even heard, of black wall street or the Tulsa massacre or anything was when I started watching the watchman
1: because
0: like, <laughs> the, the first episode of the watchman
1: was about that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, it's amazing that it takes something like that for people to learn about a historical event.
1: Well, that's also getting get back into, uh, systemic racism because our history is really not being educated in the school systems. They're not telling it. Yeah. We get a month in February and there's so much history that you don't even cover all of it. And really what the schools cover is the nice parts. Right? Oh yeah. Everybody knows Martin Luther King Jr. Everybody knows, you know, Rosa,
0: Rosa Parks. Clark, yeah.
1: Madam CJ Walker, like the Her- nice Her-
0: Harriet Tubman. Uh, yeah. But that, that's actually, that's actually the basis of our, our new podcast. That's awesome. So um, I get to, I get to learn about a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. Yeah. So um, that's why I reached out to him to see if he'd be interested. And he was all about it. Um, Cause one of, one of his talking points is black history month and how there shouldn't be a black history month.
1: I agree. And a lot of people, Morgan Freeman said that. And a lot of people, yeah. I think, even a little bit of flack for it. Mm-hmm. But I actually agree. Like, black history is American history. It should be all year and round. The
0: the title of our new show is American History Outside February.
1: That's awesome.
0: So, um, yeah, we're going to be going over all kinds of stuff. But, yeah, the first, the first episode that we did, uh, it's all about the Tulsa massacre, the Tulsa race riots. And, and whatnot so um quite quite the history lesson yeah so um the the second worst um domestic event outside Actually, of yeah. outside of the civil war yeah you know, it's it, it and nobody knows about it
1: nobody knows about it unless they make a movie about it right
0: yeah yeah or in this case the Watchmen.
1: Right, so <laughs> which was a really good series. I hate them not bringing it back.
0: Are they Are they officially not bringing it back? Or that's
1: the last thing I heard. Yeah. Yeah. I heard it done one season.
0: Yeah, that's uh. Unless
1: somebody picks it up.
0: Yeah, that that's that. It was a great show. I I was thoroughly entertained. I was so. too. And I. <laughs> And that's the thing. Like, I I don't know anything about the Watchmen prior to the series. Like, I didn't read the the comic books or anything. So first thing I, I
1: knew about the Watchmen was the movie they made back in two thousand eight, nine, something like that.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know about that.
1: So oh wow, <laughs> it's a good movie. not. it's dark, but it's good. Yeah. So,
0: um, man, the tornado warning kind of threw off the whole flow of things. um but
1: i (laughs) lit up another i lit up
0: another cigar it's a cavalier black usa exclusive okay so and the beer that i'm drinking tonight is uh it was a steal at the liquor store uh but central state brewing hype sonore i don't know it's a it's an imperial stout it's 11 it's strong uh (laughs) <laughs> but I was able to pick it up for uh 3.99 a four pack. So, oh wow. Yeah. At at 11 at 11%, you really can't beat it.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm having filter water my drink of choice.
0: Yeah. So, uh one of the questions I had for you uh a post that you posted uh a few days ago um I, I'm going to call it Hit the Baby.
1: Oh, that post.
0: So, I, I'm i just going to assume that that is not fake and that is actual reality. Yeah. Um,
1: happened in the 20s. Actually, happened before that, leading up to the 20s, actually, but early 90s. Early, that's, on. early 21st century.
0: That's, that's absolutely crazy and insane. I've seen that and it's like, holy shit like yeah uh so if you didn't pick up on it it's uh hit the blank baby um uh, for obvious reasons I'm not going to fill in the blank um but where they were actually just throwing baseballs at toddlers
1: it was for a carnival affair like, yeah. when, like people took part in
0: yeah and it's
1: it's brutal yeah it was- yeah and the uh the reason I posted that, not just to shine light on that, but it gets more into our American politics and what my um uh, I guess my mission for the next ten years is a lot of our politicians were raised by the very people that were partaking in those games, yeah, which is what I contribute to why our policies in America hasn't gotten any better since like the civil rights movement. It's because the mind frame of our politicians were framed by people that was living in that time and by the time that they grew up in. You know, our average, well, Congress, I think like the House of Representatives is like 58, but that's because of the new crop of Democrats that was younger that came in. And like the Senate is like 60 something. Yeah. their mind frame just aren't up to date with what the reality is today. Right. They all either grew up or was raised by people that grew up during the time where black people weren't given equal rights. You we were not looked at as equals. and or that they were,
0: Or like, they were turned into a carnival game.
1: Right. And I that's... feel like that's why they govern the way that they govern. That's my take on the whole thing. Yeah. You know? So,
0: um, bringing up things from the past. Um, I, I'm curious on, on your perspective. Like, I remember watching, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, but before the episode came on, it had a disclaimer of, you know, uh, in this episode, there's depictions of, you know, the, the, what, the Tom's owner was the, the black yeah, lady. Uh,
1: I can't remember her name. She had a name. I can't remember. Yeah,
0: I can't either. Um. But like in the in the disclaimer, it says you know uh, this has depictions of things that were normal at the time, and to delete them out of the episode is to say that they never happened. So, what are your thoughts on things like that, like editing editing old cartoons or uh, old movies, things like that, taking things out that were originally there? uh, Do you feel that that is uh, kind of trying to erase and hide? The yes. the past. Uh,
1: my take on that would be this. Me being an artist, I think art has a very important role in history. So I'm actually against editing things like that out. Like if you look at a lot of Disney cartoons, especially some back in the nineteen thirties and forties, oh my goodness. I mean Dumbo, which is like my favorite cartoon when I was a child. I remember watching that as a three-year-old. You know, the entire crows, like one of the crows named yeah. you know, Jim yeah. Crow. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I because it's art and art tells a history, art tells a story, and I think that's important to society. I'm actually against editing art out. Disclaimer, sure. You know, but as far as art, if you're offended by it, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to listen to it.
0: See, that's I I when I seen the disclaimer, I actually appreciated it. Yeah. You know, because all right, hey, yeah, we're we're admitting that yes. this was our thought process back in the day, but to omit that is to omit the history. Yeah, you know? exactly. So um yeah, that that's that's one thing that I'm always curious about to get the the point of view on um but uh so um, do you think that something like that should still be aired or not aired
1: well see so you are asking somebody that's in love with tom and jerry so <laughs> <laughs> that was my cartoon growing up uh honestly i don't see a problem with it being aired like i said i think that falls again under art right and the intent behind it and the disclaimer lets people know like once we start editing art then we can, that is just gonna snowball into editing and a whole lot of stuff into First Amendment rights, right? So I don't see a problem in being aired. I mean, too bad it's not really aired anymore. Not yeah. as much, right? Now, if somebody was to take that and try to weaponize it, I think that would be an issue.
0: Her name is uh, Mammy Two Shoes.
1: Yes, Mammy Two Shoes. O U W T, that's how she <laughs> spell out.
0: yeah i had had to look it up it was bothering me (laughs) but um yeah and now like not this not the same topic but along the same lines uh they're they're taking the the guns away from uh like the the new looney tunes yeah uh elmer fudd and yosemite sam aren't going to have guns
1: yeah Um, i mean because it's new it's like, all right. I mean, it's just another depiction of art, their interpretation of the art. Now, if they were to try to edit it out from, like, the old cartoons, that I'll be like, don't do that. That's not well, who they were back then, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, with, with that, like, they they, edited, they started editing out, like, uh, when, when Wiley Coyote falls off the cliff, they don't show the, the plume of smoke, the plume of dirt, when he hits the ground anymore. Really? Yeah.
1: You see, yeah. I'm against all that. I think... Yeah. Nowadays, people are, huh, I don't want to seem like a hypocrite, but people are overly conscious of trying to be politically correct. Yeah. Right. And I think politically, being PC is great, especially when you're dealing with issues that affect people's lives. But like the Puma Smoke for wild Coyote. I mean, again, like I said, if you don't like the art, don't watch it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: That's my that's my take on it. I'd never seen an issue with him falling in a pfft, boom of smoke. Yeah. I don't know who would get offended by that.
0: <laughs> I, I guess it I guess it just depicts uh, being able to die if you jump off a cliff. I mean you know, that's, that's, that's hard the
1: to learn. It is. I'd much rather you learn it from Wiley e. Coyote than <laughs> experience it yourself, you know?
0: Exactly. So um I don't know, man. Um uh another thing that i seen that you posted um mm-hmm. was uh you posted it was shit i can't remember his name it was daniel something i believe the the kid that got shot in arizona um in the in the motel or hotel um but anyway you you posted uh you know look you know black lives matters isn't just about you know, the the blanket statement, but you, you know, uh, you know, the family of, of this kid was able to find a voice within Black Lives Matter.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I forget his name. That's a new case that I just found out. That's why I don't remember it, but it was a white guy that was shot by a police officer.
0: Yeah. And And that's, I I I remember the video. Yeah. Um, and it's fucking horrible. Like on, on the ground, and moving like following directions and whatnot, I, I think that's a that's a prime example of you know even if you do what you're told. Yeah. You know, and and that's to a white guy.
1: To a white guy, exactly. You and know, the reason I posted, I had a, I had two reasons to post that. One was because that is an example of brutality, right? That's somebody's story that needs to be told. But I got into a conversation with somebody that said Black Lives Matters is racist and it's yeah. only for black people. And that's not what the movement is. We actually fight for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're fighting against policies and treatment of people. Yes, it overwhelmingly affects the black community, but we're not afraid to fight for other races that are, have seen police brutality. Yeah. So I was kind of taken back when, she, when we had that discussion. She was like, well, Black Lives Matter is racist. That's why I don't appreciate it. And that's not what it is. You know,
0: that's there's there's been plenty of examples circulating in memes and whatnot, you know,
1: Um,
0: you know, the from the Bible, you know, the the 99 sheep are okay, but yeah, the one isn't. So I'm going to go help that one.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, my take and this is getting into the statement of all lives matter and why I think that's actually a racist statement. And it's racist to me because it's only brought up whenever you hear Black Lives Matter. You never hear "All Lives Matter for anything else until you hear Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And clear, Black Lives Matter, we only really march, the Black community only marches when police brutality happens to an innocent person or somebody brutally killed, right? We don't march for baseball games, hockey games, or any of that stuff, right? We only come out and if you remember what happened in the past three months, it was um, Breonna Taylor. We didn't march for her, but she was police busting to her house. No warrant, no knocking, shot her. By she hour. was
0: sleeping, right?
1: Uh, I don't know if she was sleeping. I think she hopped up and they shot her, but they was at the wrong house. I think that's the case of that one.
0: Okay, that that's the one where he he went into the house and... Said that it was dark, and chatter. Um, I, I think I'm mixing up my cases here, but there was there was one that I was just reading about.
1: There's that, one where she was sleeping. Yeah, I know they, there was a little girl that was sleeping.
0: No, nah, it wasn't a little girl. Okay, uh, it was a woman. But um,
1: maybe I got my cases mixed up.
0: But yeah, again, wrong wrong house or wrong apartment. Right. And sleeping in her bed and took yeah. her out.
1: And you know, what happened to those police officers? In the case of Breonna Taylor, nothing. The FBI didn't even investigate that case until May 21st. She died March 13th. And the only reason they investigated because this all happened with George Floyd, right? But then let's go back before George Floyd. We have Ahmaud Arbery, who was also killed a month before the public even knew about it. It was, it was It was close
0: to two months
1: yeah, it was close to, yeah, right, yeah, and the only reason we knew about it was because the guy that was driving the truck, the friend, released the video, yeah, and thinking that it was gonna try to save his uh his buddies, who weren't even uh arrested yet by that point
0: point. and the 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 father and son uh like the you know the yeah the, yeah, da- the daughter slash brother or daughter slash sister i guess she posted pictures of the body on instagram yeah and then she tried to claim oh well i'm just a big true crime buff and that's why i did it like "Mm, hmm, i don't know about that
1: no see and even then we didn't march right it took three of those situations within what a three to four month span in order for the black community to react yeah and that's when people kind of ignored. Like, even when you hear, well, Floyd George, I mean, uh, George Floyd was a criminal in his history, Ahmaud Arbery was just jogging. Yeah. You know? So, like, the Black Lives Matter, we, the media and certain voices on the opposite side of the movement like to try to paint us as radical and angry, uh, angry mob, but that's not it at all. You know, we just want the justice system to work. Like, we can all agree that when a police officer shoots somebody, no matter what the color, it's wrong, right? And they have a hard job. We know that. And it's dangerous. Sometimes people are going to make mistakes. It sucks. But they are human. It's what happens after that that is the issue with Black people. You know, a lot of the times the officers get paid leave until everything blows over and then they come back to work.
0: Yeah. And that's, I, I, I could, I could understand, uh like a, a true accident.
1: Yeah. Uh, and it happens sometimes, you know, but, it does.
0: Yeah. But, but like a, a blatant act of just murder. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a different story. Um, that's, I, I did have one point brought to light to me. Um, one of my buddies in, in the cigar groups, like he mentioned, like one one problem with um like with with cases like this and you know the the officer's not being arrested you know like that
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, i guess uh it's it's department to department but i guess there's uh depending on that specific union uh so many steps have to be taken yeah. before you could actually make it a make an arrest on an officer that it's not like if I get, if, if I'm on video and I shoot somebody, I get arrested right then. Right. But if a police officer is on video shooting somebody, there has to be an investigation and other factors that have to happen before an arrest can be made. So mm-hmm. I, is that, is that something that kind of, that, that, would get kind of lost in the anger and frustrations of seeing something like that, like understanding, all right, look, this guy's probably going to get arrested, but it's going to take a few extra days because they have to go through the, the special avenues that they need to go through to arrest a police officer.
1: I think it would if every single case like that happened that way. Like if somebody, like when an officer kills somebody instantly, like there's a, I forgot his name a case where the officers went to the backyard and the guy was just shot. He just had a cell phone. Right. I don't even know why the officers were there to be honest with you.
0: Was this but, the, uh, the Latino kid that hopped the fence?
1: No, it wasn't. That it was a black guy. It happened a couple of years ago. Okay. I need to go back and research these cases now, but if that happened and then once there was proving guilty, justice took over and justice was done fairly, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Like, I don't think that's the issue. I understand there's steps, right? Because police, they do need protection as far as when accidents happen because of their job, right? However, a lot of that is just being disregarded. A lot of police are getting away with it and nothing's happening. They wait until the smoke clears and nobody's talking about it anymore. And then it's like it never happened. Yeah. You know? So yeah, protocol, most definitely. I don't have an issue with protocol. Is to what extent do those protocols allow bad things to keep happening?
0: Yeah. But uh, I guess one, one thing to say is it's, it's pretty bad when there's, there's enough cases for you to bring one up. And I think of one that's similar and it's not the same case. Yeah. You know, (laughs) because the the one that I was thinking of, it was a, there's a, like an 18 year old Latino kid that hopped the fence of a daycare Mm -hmm. and they, Shot him in the back of the head.
1: In the back of the head. Why? Why are you shooting people in the back? Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I told you like I wanted to be a cop when I was like eight years old, ten years old. I always thought like if you had to shoot somebody, you need to wound them first before you do a kill shot. I thought that was always protocol from things that I used to see and read. But I guess that's not the case anymore.
0: That's. I I was listening to something and they were talking about it and like I. I'm sure that's something that's, you know, again, department to department. Yeah. But most training, from what I understand now, is center mass. You know, you're you're not trying to wing somebody. You're, you know, center mass or, or, or nothing. And center mass is, that's a kill shot in yeah. most cases. Um,
1: but that's why I say I think we need to relook at some of these policies and some of these trainings. Yeah. Right. I also read somewhere, I don't know if it's true or not, but a lot of the reasons they train kill shots is because if you shoot somebody and you wound them, they can come back and sue the department. So it's easier to kill them. Like I said, that's something that I heard. I'm not even sure if the source was even liable. But- I,
0: I, I could see that because it's the same in, health, in uh, home defense. In, mm-hmm. in home defense, if somebody breaks into your house and, you know, is you know grabs a knife or something and chases you if you shoot them and wound them they could come sue you for shooting them even yeah. though they're, they're in your house
1: death. right yeah. um
0: it's like i i mean i i see it i don't understand it necessarily mm-hmm. you know um but it's something that definitely should be looked at and yeah you know, hey maybe we should change the wording of this a little bit
1: uh, yes
0: which, unfortunately, I think that's, that's where a lot of things could get fixed, but I don't think too many people are looking at it that way. Exactly. Like, you know, if if we were to change the wording of this line here, then it would be a whole different story.
1: Yeah, but I also think a lot of politicians purposely make wording to create certain loopholes for people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So Getting that changed. I feel like isn't as easy as just saying, "Hey, let's just change this wording." It's going to take votes and it's going to be putting the right people in positions of power.
0: That and, you know, in 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 some areas of life, loopholes just shouldn't be there. Yes, I agree. You know, you, you shouldn't have loopholes for somebody to get off on
1: murder. Yes, George is one of them. Yeah. I agree with that. But
0: um, all right, man, you got anything else uh fun to talk about to, to end on a light note or
1: <laughs> actually yeah. I love to talk about my nieces and my nephew. My nephew just turned one in January and I just saw a picture of him walking, man. You have any kids? Uh four and a half. Four and a half?
0: Uh, he's he's four and a half years old. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I
1: got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. You and you have uh... one,
0: one one on the way.
1: Oh boom. Congrats. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You excited? Oh yeah.
1: Oh, that's dope, man. Yeah.
0: Uh, unfortunately, it will be labeled as a coronial, uh, even though it was planned. This, yeah. uh, the timing of the planning is going to set this kid into a uh, three-month generation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't even get the generations, man. Like, I'm a millennial. Like, after that, I'm like, okay, there were baby boomers. And then I think there were, what, Generation Z? Uh.
0: Wait, were they it's, next? it's baby boomers uh, baby boomers gen yeah. x millennials gen z uh i don't know what the next generation will be called <laughs> uh and then like i said you know because of coronavirus we're gonna have like that that three month generation right you know the, the generation <laughs> baby boomers version 2.0 you know
1: um, I don't know. I heard this time around man everybody' breaking up after this quarantine, so i don't know
0: <laughs> hey if if you can't survive with each other through through this, then it's not meant to be hey, cut, I, the, I, cut the losses and move on you
1: know? yeah, man, but I love, my nieces are um Madison is what? nine now oh she's gonna be so mad at me and then maya <laughs> just turned six so i think it's no nine and did i miss her birthday
0: <laughs> now you're in trouble
1: well i am in trouble i think her birthday was like no, it's in a couple of days I think it's <laughs> Ooh, good thing we had this conversation but i think uh maya turned seven and um madison is going to turn 10 i think it is yeah. and they live in jacksonville so so I'm gonna have to make my way up there and visit her.
0: Yeah. How so Jacksonville is what? That that's what, like four, four and a half hours or so?
1: Yeah, about. I think yeah. you're probably there about three and three and a half. All right. So
0: yeah, that's uh O'Cala is like a sixteen, eighteen hour drive for me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, where you were at? Uh northwest Indiana. Yeah. So um but so you, you were saying uh you got you got a video of your, your niece taking her first steps or.
1: My nephew. Your well, nephew? yeah, it's not his first steps. Or, but,
0: or, uh, or is it unfair to label a gender this soon?
1: <laughs> At one year old, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, figure, figure we're talking about the other social issues. <laughs> Might as well throw that in there.
1: Hey, that's a whole nother ball game, my friend. <laughs> an issue that I'm still learning about. You know, me being in the yeah. entertainment world, the industry. A lot of my friends, they are very up on that issue, and they continue to school me on it. Yeah, daily. Yeah. So,
0: but uh, first steps are exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, when we had the tornado warning. and I went inside. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I go in the house and I'm looking around, like you know, we don't we don't have a big house, but it's like, all right, where the fuck is everybody? And like, I walk from the back door to the front door, look out front to see what the clouds look like up there. And uh he's like come back in, it's like, All right, where are you guys? And they were in the bathroom and Yeah. So I went there there's no windows in there and um sat down and my, my son starts telling me, like I said, he's four and a half. He starts telling me, he said, Dad, we have to stay in a room with no windows and no doors in case a oh, tornado comes. It's to like it's like, Man, where did like this is like the first time I've ever heard him talk about tornadoes at all, let alone um, you know, telling me what room he should be in. <laughs>
1: Man, yeah. Kids are some of the most intelligent people on earth. I teach, so I, I work with them a lot. And I always tell people I prefer to work with the kids. I don't like working with teenagers. Yeah, Teenage, they are, Teenagers, they already know too much. The kids, they're just intelligent.
0: And at least they're still cute instead of fucking walking attitudes.
1: Hello? <laughs> Give me the seven, eight-year-olds any day of the week. Yep.
0: Yeah. That's my son had his first t-ball practice yesterday. Oh yeah, and there were a couple of uh, a couple of moments there where you know we just had to start laughing, you know, <laughs> watching the watching the four and five year olds try to learn how to play. You know, like I said, it was the first practice, so yeah, trying to learn uh, for the most part how to how to throw a ball and how to swing a bat. And uh, yeah, there 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 were a couple of moments there that they had us laughing. So
1: that's amazing, man. That is amazing. And it makes me think like all this all this is always about the kids, you know every issue is about the next generation and having it better than what we had it you know yeah
0: and you know hopefully uh hopefully we're around in the uh generation that doesn't have to experience the uh the talks yeah that that, that you mentioned in a in a previous post as well um, you know the the Emmett Till and yeah. martin luther king and.
1: You know now. My goal is for, or well, my vision, is for every child in the next ten to twenty years to only hear about this struggle in a history book.
0: Yeah. You know, you yeah. never
1: have to live this. So, and that's every child—white, black, Mexican, Asian—doesn't matter. Yeah. So.
0: Um. All right, man. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, unless we start, unless we start stretching for content here.
1: Uh, <laughs> now, I think we got. We had a very good conversation. I'm very happy I, you invited me on your show.
0: Oh, so very am I, good. man. Uh, and that, and I very much appreciate you coming on, and also uh, appreciate you taking the break and coming back on after the uh, tornado warning. So,
1: <laughs> hey, man, uh, this conversation is going to go down. I wasn't coming back. Yeah, but. It was a good conversation, man. I really appreciate it.
0: I I I enjoyed it. I hope you did. Um, and we'll, we'll do it again uh, as long as you're willing. Um, yeah.
1: Anytime, man. Just hit me up, and if we can make it happen, I'll be more than happy to come back.
0: All right. Cool. Well, until next time.
1: All right, my friend. Take care.
0: Yep. You too. All right. There you have it. That was uh, me and Daniel Smith, Jr., Hopefully you guys enjoyed that conversation, maybe learned something on either side, uh, just gain a little perspective of, of what it's like, uh, at least with his experiences um, and, you know, the the movement itself. So uh, don't forget to check out theherfcast.com, uh, buy a shirt, support me on Patreon, find all my links there. And stogiebird.com, go there, use the code HERFCAST and save five bucks. Don't forget to check out, be on the lookout for my next episode with Lou Liga in a few days and also be on the lookout for the new project with Daryl Davis, American History Outside February. Thanks everyone.